A reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. Putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands, so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of their mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you are marked as a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath, and anger, and wrangling, and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children, and live in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The word of the Lord.
In the name of the one who is the bread of life. Amen. <coughs> Yesterday morning, I floated on the lake, wondering about this bread of life marathon we find ourselves in. For five weeks in a row, our lectionary gives us John chapter six. Jesus, line after line, week after week, claiming to be the bread of life, asking us to consume him, asking us to expand our understanding of him, of life, of breath, of bread. Now in week one, Jesus fed the 5,000, miraculously providing an abundance of bread to feast on, in some story. And then, as a bonus, he walked on the water, almost like he was saying, hello, it's not about the bread. I'm over here. It's about me. You know, the God who came down from heaven to feed you directly. Not to put words in Jesus' mouth or anything, but that was week one. Now, in weeks two through five, Jesus has a long and frustrating discourse with those who have followed him to see what will happen next. This is week three. So we're into that discourse. They want more miracles to fill their belly. They want the experience of the magic of manna from heaven that their ancestors have. Perhaps because they have forgotten that their ancestors relentlessly complained about the blandness of the manna from heaven. Jesus wants this agitated crowd to think experience and be in a deeper place. You want bread? He said. I am the bread. I am the bread from heaven. The man is here to save and sustain you. Consume me. Take me in. Live on me. They don't get it. And they get mad. 
And now when we screen our agitation ramps up, how can this guy, who we have known since he was a kid, whose mom and dad we see in the town square all the time, how can this kid say that he's the bread who just came down from heaven? Ridiculous. How can the common be holy? How can the mundane be sacred? Floating on Lake Laurel yesterday, with my ears submerged, I could hear the rhythm of the water, the steady heartbeat of creation through the H2O molecules that somehow held me up. I could feel the sun on my face coming and going with the music of the clouds. I could smell the earthy cleanness of the forest. Earth, sun, water, trees, so mundane, abundantly common, and yet pulsing with God's created energy of love. And so floating there, I was fed. The common can be quite holy. The common can also be awful. Like the tragic commonality of hunger, real physical hunger. Now I haven't known severe hunger in my life, even when I have fasted, I have understood the option of the backup granola bar, should I get too lightly. But I'm aware that many in our world, past and present, have known, do know, the anxious hunger of scarcity. I know that Jesus met them where they were and endeavored to fill their hunger, their physical hunger, first. I know that Jesus directs us to do the same in our lives and ministries. And that's how he's meeting the need now through us. But filling the physical need is only just the beginning. There are, of course, other needs that we humans have. And Jesus is always asking us if he might be allowed to fill those needs. Right here, right now, he fills our need for community. For this hour, he gives us Sabbath from our screens and our to-do lists. He gives us of himself and scripture and sacraments, but I don't think Jesus is interested in stopping there either. I think Jesus is saying week after week, day after day, breath after breath, that he wants to feed each of us constantly on his own heart, his own presence, his own love, his own energy, no matter where we are, no matter what we are doing. And when he says, I am the bread of life, come to me, I am the living bread, eat me, I hear him asking to feed us beyond our basic needs and beyond our wildest Let him fill us, to fill our lives with purpose, to fill our hearts with compassion for one another, to fill our eyes and ears and noses with the beauty of creation, to fill us with companionship when we are grieving, as we heard King David grieve the loss of his son Absalom in that first reading this morning. To fill us with the transformative peace of forgiveness when we ask for it, as we ask in the words of the song we chanted together. To fill us with the strength to be tender hearted and kind, as the epistle directed us to do in that 
can get even further into every nook and cranny of this world by traveling around in us. I hear Jesus asking for our attention. In those still quiet moments, a solitude, whether we're lying in bed or having a solitary meal, or floating in the lake. And I hear him asking for our communal, communal attention. And we are here together, God. Yesterday, when my ears still submerged, listening to the water, I watched the clouds and wondered what Jesus was asking to give us now. And as I wondered, the sound of the water changed, uneven splashes echoed forth from the movement of another person. So raising my head, I smiled to see one of our youth group kids paddling past me. And then three more kids got the water. Our youth had joined me for a swim, and I was grateful. Seven teenagers, Carol Brady, Robert Barney, and Larry, and I were enjoying a 24-hour retreat on Lake Laurel where Robert and Larry had a cottage. It was a time to drink deeply of that which Christ was asking to feed us. There's not enough time for a busy world. Certainly not during the school year for families and teenagers, and often not even during the summer. Not enough time for listening to lakes and breathing in the forest. So we claimed a bit of time, and we were well fed. It is a thing we all need to be intentional about, whether it's lakes and forests or some other version of spiritual food in which you ask Jesus to feed you. And in these moments, when we go there, I believe that Jesus meets us where we are and feeds us. And we will feast on his connected, healing love every time. As we passed the car yesterday to leave the lake, one of our youths said, Hey, Becky, I know what your sermon's tomorrow will be about. And then she explains to me that people know what it feels like to be hungry for bread. And then they know how good it is to eat bread when they've been hungry for it. And then Jesus is saying that he can fill us in that same way. It's not spiritually. And to that I say yes, exactly. And then our job then is to notice the bread that is offered and to come to the table. Yeah. 
expanse of interstellar space, galaxies, suns, the planets in their courses, and this fragile Earth, our island home. From the primal elements, you brought forth the human race and blessed us with memory, reason, and skill. You made us the rulers of creation, but we turned against you and betrayed your trust, and we turned against one another. Again and again you called us to return. Through prophets and sages you revealed your righteous law, and in the fullness of time you sent your only Son, born of a woman, to fulfill your law, to open for us the way of freedom and peace. And therefore we praise you, joining with the heavenly chorus, with prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and with all of you in every generation who have looked to you in hope to proclaim with them your glory in their unending hymn. Thank you. 
gift of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving, knowing that all are welcome at God's